and it's always a pleasure to have Professor Michael Baker on the program. He's an epidemiologist, as I'm sure you know. Michael Baker, good afternoon. Yeah, kia ora, Tim. Kia ora. Now, we have done something a little bit different today, which is that every time we have you on, uh, we have people texting through with, with questions. We thought, well, okay, let's actually put some of the questions that people have um, to you. Uh, so we're going to do some of those on 9292. But Bevo, it's fair to say a lot of people are wondering about the South Island and, and whether yeah, or not you, that could have stayed at level yeah, 1. Yeah, the question about you know the rationale for Auckland being level 3 and other centres, and let's say the South Island not remaining in level 1. Yes, I think the, um, the difficulty is that people in Auckland over the last uh, week, not surprisingly, some of them will have gone to the South Island. So the whole rationale for the fact that we need level 2 in the rest of the country is because of that. What about um, the, the, the the question of borders? So some we've got one here about if Auckland was, a, let's pretend that Auckland was a, a, a city that half the size of the North Island, at some point we would put in a border, even if it was in the middle of suburbs. Is there any case for maybe excusing the people of Orewa from having to be in level three? Yeah, look, I, I think you're absolutely right. As soon as you put a limit around anything, if it's geographic or any other boundary, if it's um, demographic as well, you, you know, there's always a question about where the border goes. And it's always uh, somewhat arbitrary. Uh, I mean, this is, we've learnt um, with this virus that um, a geographically targeted approach does work now, uh, but I'm sure it can be refined in the future. If it was refined, in this case, you know, say just South Auckland, and this is really what a lot of people have been asking what Bevo was saying, if it was just South Auckland that was locked down, is that conceivable? It would be, but um, the trouble is we know that um, people move a huge amount across Auckland. Um, there'll be people who um, live in, in the northern half of the city and cross the Harbour Bridge every day and work in South Auckland and vice versa. So it's actually very hard um, to to do that, I think, um, in a city like Auckland. Got another text here, um, picking up on the point I made earlier about the, the Prime Minister's language saying, we suggest people doing that, we request, we ask. How about she actually says the law tells you and, and stop being so wishy-washy? Is there room for her to be stronger in her language, in your view? Well, I think the, the law um, is very strong if it's needed, but... The hope always is to um, promote voluntary behaviour. I mean, some situations, and if we think about um, uh, one, you know, there's three three major components of the elimination strategy, and one of them, of course, is managing our external borders. And that's a situation where you don't require voluntary action by anyone. Um, it, you just use, you know, quite tough legal controls on who can come and go from New Zealand. But the other parts of the strategy do require um, public um, cooperation. Um, and one of them, of course, is um, testing and tracing. And you do need the public to feel comfortable coming forward if they've got symptoms. Um, the other part, of course, is um, you know using lockdowns and uh, mask use to dampen down transmission. That's physical distancing. And again, um, it, that's somewhere in between because you can use quite tough um, legal controls there very easily, like you can just stop people getting on flights and, and travelling around the country, and you were mentioning about putting in geographic borders. It requires some public cooperation, but yeah. they are quite enforceable. But some things actually require 
public trust and engagement. And the, one of the biggest is really the, the contact tracing. I mean, people have to come forward if they've got symptoms and they have to feel that they're going to be looked after reasonably well. So I think that's, that's where I think this balance is pretty delicate. Speaking of contact tracing uh, and, you know, we've expressions of gold standard, what is actually, what does contact tracing in New Zealand look like? Because we don't have mandatory use of the app where people would, where, where, the, where the whole population suddenly going to get a text if they've been um, exposed uh, to some, or, or come into as a casual plus or casual contact. What does contact tracing look like? Because it sounds to me that it's sort of a bit steam driven that the, the health officials either get on the phone and, and, and just call people or they put it out in a press release saying if you've been to McDonald's or whatever the place it is, then you need to isolate. Yeah, well, look, there's a whole lot of different ways in which contacts are identified. Uh, if you test positive, then um, obviously household members, I mean, you're going to be interviewed to say well, who's living in your household at present and, and during the period you might have been infectious. And it sort of goes out from there, classifying people as close contacts and they really do have to be identified quickly and then the contacts are the contacts and so it goes on and you keep expanding the, the circle of people until you find that really no one has symptoms and no one tests positive. That's one part of it. But I think um, the problem is in the casual contacts or the casual plus contacts where really the person who's infectious may not know um, who they had contact with, say, um, who they who was in the gym when they were there, for instance. Yeah. And that's where you're going to use records, you're going to use the um, obviously the, um, the Tracer app from the ministry. You're going to use every bit of data you can find to identify who was okay. there. Uh, we've only got about 45 more seconds. A lot of people are wondering the likelihood that this will just be seven days in Level 3. If the next week goes well in terms of community cases being low, just one or two here and there, uh, do you think that, that we'll be out of level three in seven days' time? I think it's quite possible. But this is where it's just vital that everyone, particularly in Auckland, if they've got any symptoms at all, that they ring Healthline and get advice about being tested. Um, so I think that's really the most important thing that people in Auckland can do at the moment.